You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Tense Tuesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by the Peacock and Williamson podcast. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move made. Get your picks, previews, and much, much more every weekday with Peacock and Williamson, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to the Peacock and Williamson Podcast wherever you get your podcast. But I call it a tense Tuesday for a reason, because on Monday... A lot of you guys were very mad at my analysis on social media, on Twitter, at Tic Tac Titans, on Facebook, at Locked On Titans Pod, because we got a big piece of Tennessee Titans news, actually two big pieces of Tennessee Titans news on Monday, but one of them is obviously the bigger story, and that's Titans' newly drafted fourth-round pick out of Pittsburgh, Rashad Weaver, getting charged with assault on a woman. Obviously, it's a legal situation. There's a lot to go through, but I have an overarching point about the Tennessee Titans player evaluation process that I think is my big takeaway from this, regardless of what the outcome of this legal situation with a newly drafted Tennessee Titan is. So I'm going to explain my point of view that a lot of you disagree with and and took offense to, but I'm going to explain exactly what I mean. I'm going to give examples, and I'm also going to give you the details of what we know right now on Rashad Weaver's court case. Outside of that, more unfortunate news for the Titans, but in a different realm of unfortunate. The Titans will not be picking up the fifth-year option of linebacker Rashawn Evans, and that's something that I have been forecasting and projecting throughout the entire offseason, even all the way back to last year. I knew that the Titans would not be picking up that option. I'm going to tell you why they declined the option and also explain the strange statement that came out to announce that the Titans would not be picking up that fifth-year option for Rashawn Evans. So we will analyze it from a team perspective, we'll analyze it from a player perspective, and we'll also look at some of the conversation around this decision as well. And then finally, to finish out today's podcast, I'll give you the updated list of undrafted free agents the Titans have brought in that I promised I would give you guys on today's show. So a very tense Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast as we break down a Tennessee Titans player charged with a crime, a Tennessee Titans player who will not have their fifth year option picked up, and the list of undrafted free agents the Titans signed after the weekend. So a lot to dive into on a Tuesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! guys let's dive right into this we need to talk about titans fourth round edge rusher rashad weaver being charged with misdemeanor assault so i'll give you guys just what we know now as the general facts it's an ongoing legal situation i'm not going to act like anything that i say is actually what happened this is just what we have learned from monday's information on april the 18th 
It is alleged that Rashad Weaver assaulted his pregnant girlfriend at the time, initially reported as a punch. Later, the information changed, and it looks like a a choke and a shove. Uh, Either way, Rashad Weaver has been charged for simple assault in Pennsylvania. He is due in court on October the 5th. Now, according to Paul Kaharski and the inside reporting that he has done on the issue, this is what Paul had to say he picked up as to what happened. Quote, On April 18, around 2.30 a.m., officers from Zone 3 were on foot patrol when they came across a female on the ground on South 17th Street between East Carson Street and Bingham Street. The female, surrounded by a group of people, was was conscious and alert. She was checked and released by medics who said she was fine, but had small abrasions on her knee and arm consistent with falling to the ground. A female witness stated that a large male had punched her friend on the side of the head and she identified him to police by name and showed them a cell phone photo. Officers on scene did not observe any injuries consistent with a punch to the head. About five minutes prior to this incident, officers observed the victim and the accused engage in a verbal argument at the nearby Foxtail Bar on East Carson Street. Officers separated the two and sent them on their way. The victim later stated she had thrown a drink at the male suspect during the argument. On April 20th, the victim filed an assault report at Zone 3 Station stating that the male from the bar walked up to her on South 17th Street, grabbed her by the throat, and pushed her to the ground where she ultimately hit her head. The incident was already under investigation by police. Police have charged Rashad Weaver, 23, of Cooper City, Florida, with simple assault. He will appear by summons. So that is the official reporting as to what took place. It's clearly some sort of just some sort of altercation. Now, one of the concerning parts, the most concerning part of this is a quote that apparently was said to the initial officers who broke up the discussion. It said, Weaver said this, basically, quote, this comes from the report, quote, before leaving, he, as in Weaver, stated to other officers on the scene that he had no problem hitting a female if they needed it. So here's what I have to say. Innocent, guilty. Who knows? I'm not here to to cast judgment on that, but where there is smoke, there is fire. And I'm not going to be naive enough to act like, you know, nothing happened here and just no big deal. Let's wait. The big thing is for me, clearly the Titans evaluation of players is flawed. It's obvious. We've seen too many examples here. It's too much. So let me just let me just go a a, a quick timeline for you. Just in the John Robinson era, Kevin Dodd literally quit playing football after two years. Nobody else even gave him a shot. He just quit. Didn't want to play anymore. How do you not identify that a guy doesn't love football and take him that high in the draft? Then you have Tajay Sharp and Sebastian Tretola getting a bar fight. That's a little minuscule, but you know, just something. 
Then the Titans go out and pay Vic Beasley $9 million to a guy who doesn't love football at all. Everyone in the NFL knows that the guy doesn't love football. He holds out for the first 10 days of a brand new free agent contract and then is cut halfway through the year. That does not happen, guys. That is incredibly rare for a high-paid free agent to burn out like that. The Titans did not care about all of the documented character concerns about Vic Beasley and just bet on the talent and got burned. That $9 million could have been used in a better way to help the 2020 Titans go further than the first round of the playoffs. Then, of course, Isaiah Wilson. How does that happen? Everybody's saying, oh, you know, the first round's a crapshoot. All the data... Guys... This does not happen. Isaiah Wilson is one of the biggest busts in NFL history. You never see a first-round pick barely step foot on the field and wash out of the league in under a calendar year. It does not happen. Vic Beasley and Isaiah Wilson do not happen. Those aren't just things that happen to every team. They're rare, and they're character-driven. Monty Rice. Monty Rice has been dropped by two different agents and is now on his third agent in three months. You cannot tell me that's not concerning about his character. Why are these agents dropping him? And then this allegation, which again, whether Weaver is guilty or innocent does not matter to me for the sole purpose of I am not making a statement about Rashad Weaver's innocence or guilt. I am making a statement about the process that the Tennessee Titans use to evaluate players that results in character concerns affecting the team over and over and over again. Multiple examples I just went through. We cannot deny the pattern. Now, if you want to go through every single individual incident that I mentioned and go through it with a a fine-haired comb or a fine-toothed comb and say, oh, this isn't a bad reflection on J-Rob. This isn't a... This isn't a... You're fooling yourself. Your head's in the sand. Clearly, the Titans have been making decisions, especially in the past two years where they are putting talent over character and it is burning them. And the NFL is a league of inches. Uh, Go back to the uh, Al Pacino rant. But seriously, the margin for error in the NFL is incredibly small and little moves here and there do make a major impact. And you cannot tell me that all of these missteps that have been made based on character evaluations by the Titans scouting staff have not affected the potential of this football team. If the Titans did not have one of the worst off seasons in human history last year, I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I do. Maybe you don't. Maybe you think the Titans losing in round one last year would have happened no matter what. Maybe you think that it doesn't matter who you pick in the first round. It's a crapshoot. Well, then why do these teams spend millions to scout? Why do these teams hire private investigators and research firms? Why do these teams do all the work that they do and keep all these secrets if the draft is just a crapshoot that really doesn't matter anyway? No NFL team, no NFL general manager thinks the draft is a complete crapshoot. If they did, they wouldn't work as hard as they work to get all the information that they have. So clearly, the Titans have a flaw in their player evaluation process, both with the draft and free agency, where they have trouble pegging down guys' character. They do not know who these players are as people. And you can blame the limited off-season circumstances due to COVID, but every single team in the NFL has played under those exact same circumstances, and none of them have had a piss-poor off-season in 2020 like the Titans did. So, I'm just saying... John Robinson is one of the better general managers in the league, top half at this point. I'm not saying he's bad. But 
What I will say to you is, clearly there is a major, major, major flaw in the Tennessee Titans player evaluation process, and it's being exposed quite rapidly. Now, what I do want to do to finish up this segment is at least read to you the statement from Rashad Weaver's attorney and a statement from the Tennessee Titans. From Rashad Weaver's attorney, quote, The allegations against my client Rashad Weaver are completely false and reckless. Mr. Weaver takes these charges very seriously, and we look forward to clearing his good name. Without question and without hesitation, we deny Rashad punched anyone, especially a woman. We intend to conduct a full investigation of these charges and intend to pursue all legal remedies available to Rashad. End quote. Now, one, that could all be 100% true, but to me, your lawyer's never going to say anything different than that. Two, the reporting from Paul Kaharski says it was a choke and a slam, not a punch as initially was reported, so saying we deny Rashad punched anyone. Well, if he choked her and slammed her down, then technically... This statement is true, and they can't be pinned down on that. Obviously, obviously that's some lawyer work, but at the end of the day, it could be true, and it could be right as well. The statement from the Tennessee Titans is this, quote, We were made aware of this news this morning. We obviously take this seriously and are in the process of gathering details and working with the league. So that's where we're going to end the conversation there. We will monitor what happens next. But as I said, my overarching point here is the Titans at this point, the pattern is established. There is a problem with their character evaluation process, both in free agency and the draft. And it's something that needs to get addressed immediately. So the Titans will quit losing on the margins. With that in mind, let's move forward. We're going to talk about Rashawn Evans' fifth-year option being declined. Before we do, I want to remind you guys about BetOnline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball, NBA, NHL, all in full swing, and you can bet all of those at BetOnline.ag. They have the latest news, odds, and info on all your sporting needs. So before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. And speaking of sign-up bonuses, if you head to their website, betonline.ag today, sign up for free and use promo code LOCKEDON, that's one word, LOCKEDON, you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Let's continue this tense Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast with another polarizing topic, and that's Rashawn Evans, Titans linebacker. So we got this news on Monday. It is deadline day for fifth-year options from the 2018 class, and quote from Adam Schefter, Titans informed Drew Rosenhaus they will not be exercising linebacker Rashawn Evans' fifth-year option due to ongoing salary cap uncertainty and instead hope to sign Rashawn to a contract extension before his current deal expires in 2022, Rosenhaus said. So, Drew Rosenhaus is Rashawn Evans' agent. What we really need to take away from this is the Titans are not picking up the fifth-year option for Rashawn Evans. What does that mean? That means that not this upcoming season, but the next season, the Titans don't want to pay Rashawn Evans $9.7 million for the 2023 season. 
or my excuse, my my apologies, the 2022 season. So Rashawn Evans is going to play this year, his fourth year on his rookie deal. His fifth year, the Titans have the option of giving him a one-year deal for $9.73 million or declining. And like with Corey Davis and like with Jack Conklin, the Titans have declined. So for me, the big question became the statement. Due to ongoing salary cap uncertainty, and instead hope to shine, sign Rashawn Evans to a contract extension before his current deal expires in 2022. Sorry, but uh, no. The Titans aren't going to re-sign Rashawn Evans to a contract extension. So why would the statement say that? This statement came from Rashawn Evans' agent. So when it says, hey, hey, the Titans aren't picking up his option, but they want to sign him to a contract extension. That's just trying to save face and make Rashawn Evans not look like a player who the Titans don't want anymore. From his agent's perspective, it makes all the sense in the world to make Rashawn look as good as possible and saying, hey, they don't want him for $10 million, but they're going to give him an extension, I promise. That's, that's all just to help his value stay as high as possible from his agent. Now, that helps the Titans too, in my opinion, because... If the Titans were to trade Rashawn Evans, this statement keeps inflates his value, so that would help the Titans make a trade. But I don't think that they're going to be able to trade Rashawn Evans because I don't think that any team would want to give up draft capital for what we've seen so far. Now, I know a lot of you are high on Rashawn Evans because he's made some highlight plays, especially on goal line, goal line stands. We'll never forget that run to the end zone against the Chiefs on the fumble by David Long. He's made some plays, okay? But... The reality is, in his career, 260 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, two fumble recoveries, that one touchdown, three sacks, and he's been terrible in coverage. And especially last year, I know everybody struggled, but a lot of his deficiencies were showing up. He can't get off blocks, guys. He's a guy who's just going to try to shoot around the offensive lineman, but if he's got to take the offensive lineman on, engage with his hands, lock out his arms, toss the offensive lineman to the side, shed the block, and get to the ball carrier, he's not going to do that. He's going to try to get around guys, and for a guy that physical, you would hope that wouldn't be the case. And here's what I think about Rashawn. His struggles in coverage, his struggles in run defense, he's certainly not worth $10 million. The Titans shouldn't pick up his fifth-year option. They shouldn't extend Rashawn Evans. Here's what they should do, though. This is probably his final year with the Titans. Remember I talked about keeping his trade value high? The Titans need to take Rashawn Evans like the Arizona Cardinals did with Hassan Riddick, put him back to his natural position that he came into college as, which is an edge rusher, give him opportunities to actually develop some edge rushing capability, see what happens to him throughout the season. If Rashawn Evans pops in a minor way, then trade him to a contender, to somebody who's looking for edge rush help. Injuries happen. Who knows what happens during the year? You could possibly trade him for a fifth, sixth round pick. If he pops like a son Reddick, maybe you do consider extending him. You still have that option. If it doesn't work out, and maybe the fact is Rashawn Evans is not a tweener, maybe he's just not good enough at inside linebacker, and he's not good enough at outside linebacker, then you just let him go and you don't pay him in 2022, which is the, the plan right now, it seems. Either way... I agree with what the Titans have done there. It's unfortunate, though, going back to the conversation from our first segment. Apologies for the loud motorcycle that just drove by. But going back to our first segment, all of those concerns I mentioned, and now John Robinson didn't pick up Jack Conklin. John Robinson 
Didn't pick up Corey Davis. Did pick up Adoree Jackson, but cut him before it mattered. Didn't pick up Rashawn Evans. I mean, when is John Robinson going to find a first-round pick that's worthy of keeping to a second contract and actually do so? I I like John Robinson, guys, but man, I mean, there's so much evidence here of things just not being as good as maybe we act like it is. But either way, Rashawn Evans, fifth-year option, declined. I don't think he'll be back, and I would like to see the Titans experiment with his role going forward. And I do have to mention, I was down on the Monty Rice pick, as I said, not because I don't like Monty Rice as a player, but because I thought the Titans missed out on players that would have been more effective for them by sitting on their hands and not trading up into the early 80s or mid-70s. And then I thought they could have got Monty Rice a little bit later in the draft as well. So that's my hate on the Monty Rice pick, not Monty Rice the player. But if Monty Rice comes in and ends up starting an inside linebacker next to Jayon Brown this year or starting an inside linebacker next year when the Titans have to let Rashawn Evans go or decide to, then maybe that adds some value to the pick. Did the Titans get a starting inside linebacker at pick 92? We will see, but that could obviously increase the value of Monty Rice. But just something to watch for going forward, how this roster is going to shake out. But what we do know is Rashawn Evans' fifth-year option will not be picked up by the, the Titans, will be declined, and after the season, Rashawn Evans will become a free agent. But let's move forward into the list of undrafted free agents the Titans have come to terms with since the end of the draft. Before we do, want to remind you guys about rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Their online catalog is unique. It's remarkably easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available, choose the brands, specifications, and prices that you prefer. Speaking of prices, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and they're the same for everyone. One thing I didn't know about chain auto parts stores is they can charge people different prices whether you're a do-it-yourselfer or a professional mechanic. That's just not the way it should be. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that I sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com Okay guys, we have made it to the end of a tense Tuesday. Like I said, a lot of you guys weren't happy with my opinions on both of these matters, but I always encourage debate I always encourage receipts, receipt season. If I happen to be wrong, that's perfectly fine. If I'm wrong, it means the Tennessee Titans do better. So, can't really lose in that sense. But if you want to let me know how much you agree or how much you disagree with me, you can obviously find me on Twitter at Tic Tac Titans. Check out the Locked On Titans Facebook page as well. Also, want to remind you guys about the Locked On Today podcast. You're getting all of your Tennessee Titans news here with me on the Locked on Titans podcast, but get all the news from all the major sports in under 20 minutes every day with Locked on Today. Make sure you follow the Locked on Today podcast on whatever platform you do stream. But as we talk every year that I've done the show, the draft is not over once the picking ends. No, the Titans have 
undrafted free agents to go out and get. In the last two years, we've seen contributions from undrafted free agents. Think about Isaiah Mack in 2019. Think about Tyre Tart last year. Think about Aaron Brewer on the offensive line as well. So the Titans have gotten some good undrafted free agents in the past few years. But let's dive into who they have come to terms with now. Number one, Torrey Carter, a fullback out of LSU. He's a versatile fullback, played in 42 games at LSU. He can be a tight end. He can be a fullback, both, so he could be a versatile piece for the Titans. He does play very physically. I like watching him play out on the field, just plays football the way you want to see. Could he create some competition for Kari Blossom game? I'm always going to roll with my boy Kari, but will be interesting to watch. Next, you have Makai Sargent, a running back out of Iowa. He's a small guy, 5'10", 210 pounds, had a ton of production in his career, 1,700 yards, 20 touchdowns, had over 300 yards receiving as well. Then you have Miller Forrestal, a tight end from Alabama, 6'5", 244 pounds. Uh, He improved as a blocker during his time at Alabama, but much more of a receiving threat, had 44 catches, 500 plus yards, and 5 touchdowns touchdowns. Then you have Briley Moore, tight end out of Kansas State. Very interested in Briley Moore. Six foot four, 250 pounds, transferred to Kansas State from Northern Iowa to get more exposure. He had 22 catches, 338 yards, and three touchdowns in his one season at Kansas State. And During his time at Northern Iowa, had 85 catches, over 1,000 yards, and five touchdowns. He is a receiving-based tight end, but with a big body. I think that he has a very good chance of competing for a roster spot for the Titans. Then the Titans replaced Daquan Jones... With Naquan Jones. Naquan Jones is a defensive tackle out of Michigan State. 6'4", 340 pounds. A huge monster of a man that can help the Titans run defense in the middle. He finished his career with 46 games. Had 78 tackles, 12 and a half for loss, and three sacks. Then you have another defensive lineman, Justice Reed, the defensive lineman out of Virginia Tech, 6'3", 255 pounds. Started off his college career with Florida, then went to Youngstown State before going back to Virginia Tech. In his lone season at Virginia Tech, he had 28 tackles, nine tackles for loss, and six and a half sacks. So obviously there's a lot of talent there. What's happened to make him move around, that's something interesting to watch. But the Titans do need help along the defensive line, so he has a good chance of making the roster if he plays well. Then you have Chandon Herring, offensive lineman out of BYU, another guy I'm incredibly interested in. BYU had an excellent offensive line protecting number two pick Zach Wilson this year, so I'm willing to take a chance on any of those guys just based on the success. Herring is six foot seven. 310 pounds, played 49 games in his career at BYU. He's played offensive tackle. He's played guard as well. Now, six foot seven to play guard. That's kind of tough to do at the NFL level, but he adds versatility to the Titans offensive line group and maybe could find a roster spot. Another interior offensive lineman, Cole Banwart, offensive guard out of Iowa, 6'4, 280, played left guard, played some right guard as well over his four seasons at Iowa. Um, He got second team all Big Ten last year, so a productive player could help the Titans on the interior. Then you have two special teamers at the end, punter James Smith from Cincinnati. Uh, He's an Australian punter, so he's got that run-up style where he kicks it off the side of his foot and gets good spin. He's 23 years old. He is the all-time leading punter at University of Cincinnati and was a four-time all-conference player, so a very decorated punter at 
the college level. And Brett Kern is in his mid-30s, guys. He's not going to be around forever. I think he's got quite a few more years to go, but who knows? James Smith may get on the practice squad for the Titans, a just-in-case player. Brett Kern did get hurt last year. Then you have Blake Habel, kicker from Ohio State. He missed the national championship, but he kicked in 50 games for Ohio State, converted 28 to 35 field goals, had a long of 55, and he never missed an extra point in his career, 146 for 146. And with Steven Goskowski not currently signed by the Titans, that's a name to watch there as someone the Titans may actually take a chance on on their roster if they can't come to terms with Goskowski or he decides to retire. I do want to point out that you look at places where the Titans double up. Miller Forrestal, Briley Moore, both tight ends from the college level. Naquan Jones, Justice Reed, both interior defensive linemen at the college level. Cole Banwart, uh, Chandon Herring, both interior offensive linemen at the college level. So clearly, tight end, defensive tackle, and interior offensive line are places where the Titans wanted to add some more bodies and add some more competition, and for good reason. Those are very slim positions on the roster, not only in terms of depth, but also in terms of of talent. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. Like I said, a tense Tuesday here on the Locked on Titans podcast. But I'm excited for everything to come throughout the week. We're going to update the depth chart at some point in time. I have a film breakdown getting ready to come out for one of the Titans drafted players. Very excited. I'm working on that right now in the quote-unquote lab, as I said. Also, we got to look at some ways the Titans can continue to improve this team outside of the draft since that's passed now. So we're going to continue to look at the free agent crop that's still out there, guys who could be cut still, and you know there's going to be a lot of movement still in the NFL, and the Titans will have ample opportunities to shore up some of their roster weaknesses. But that's all coming later in this week on the Locked on Titans podcast. Make sure that you follow on whatever platform you do stream. But that's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Tight.